makes you beyond legal. This podcast is for general guidelines only, and the contents do not constitute as legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. Hello everybody, welcome listener to the second episode of Budijaya on Air. My name is Zefania Prabowo and I will be the host for today's podcast. As you may be aware from the title of this podcast, we have a very interesting topic to discuss, especially for those involved in the shipping industry, it is regarding ship accident examination. For today's topic, we have here with us two of very special guests with vast experience in Indonesian shipping law. We have our very own senior associate, Mbak Stephanie Octaria Semalangkir. Uh, how are you, Mbak? Good. Thank you, Stephanie. Um, and also our associate, Iketut Dharma Putra Yoga. How are you, Yoga? Yes, um, very good, Stephanie. Thank you for being here. Both of them are lawyers in Budijaya International Lawyers in the practice group of International Trade, Shipping and Aviation. Yes, before we moving forward to discuss the specific topic regarding ship accident examination, I'll first provide a brief background regarding the topic. So, as some of the professional and practitioners may already be aware, earlier this year, in February 2020, the Minister of Transportation has issued Minister of Transportation Regulation number 6 of 2020 on guidelines of ship accident examination. This regulation revoked the previous Minister of Transportation Regulation number 5 of 2006, which has been in force for 14 years. So this regulation is applicable towards all vessels accidents in Indonesian territory or vessel accident including Indonesian flag vessel beyond Indonesian territory. So uh, we will continue to talk and discuss about this Uh, topic with our speakers. So first, I would probably ask um, Stephanie first. So, um, Stephanie, what would be the first thing that should be done when a ship accident occurs in Indonesia? Well, thank you, Zevanya, for the question. Actually, we are talking about ship accident. Uh, the new regulation have stipulated the definition of the ship accident itself and it may involve the sinking of the vessels, vessel fires, vessel collisions, and vessel groundings. Of course, it's common to be happen in uh, shipping industry. And for this uh, section, which whereby you're asking us about the steps or things that should be done when a ship accident happened, So generally, there are four processes involved. Uh, the first process, it should be the report to the harbor master of the occurrence of the accident. We call it the informasi kecelakaan kapal. It should be submitted by everyone who witnessed or see the ship accident. And then after that, it will be parallel with the process where we name it as a ship accident report or laporan kecelakaan kapal in Indonesia. And then after that, uh, the harbor master will conduct the preliminary examination, which the result of the examination will be the minutes of preliminary examination. And then after that, the harbor master will do the verification 
and will subsequently submit the minutes of preliminary examination to uh, adjudicating forum as appropriate. It can be either goes to maritime court or civil servant investigator or the police. It's actually based on the examination by the harbor master. If there is a proof that indicates the ship accident is due to the error or negligence of the standard in the maritime provision by the master, it will be referred to the maritime court where uh, there is an initial proof that the ship accident due to a shipping crime, it will go later on to the civil servant investigator. And number three, if there's an initial proof that indicates the ship accident is due to the general of the crime, it will go to the police. I hope it answers your questions. Oh, uh, thank you, Ms. Stephanie. So in short, the first step uh, to be done is to submit the uh, informasi kecelakaan kapal, yeah, correct. And then yeah. uh, followed by ship accident report. Yeah. So in regard to this, if I'm not mistaken, this is like a kind of different process compared to the previous regulation, yeah. Um, Correct. So actually, what is the difference between the ship accident report and information uh, of accident? Probably, aku um, ask to Mbak Stephanie or uh, Yoga. Yeah, Yoga could assist to answer. Well, thank you, Stephanie, and also Mbak Basically, um, the information of accident is a document that is newly regulated in the latest regulation that was non-existent in the previous regulation. The difference itself is, firstly, information of accident can be submitted to the nearest harbor master, either in verbal or in writing, by anyone that hear, see, or know uh, the ship accident itself. While the ship accident report has to be submitted by either the master of the vessel or the vessel officer, if the master is, is missing, or pass away due to the accident, or by its crew members if the vessel officer is also missing or pass away, or it may even be reported by the owner if all of them are missing or pass away. And uh, the second difference is that the ship accident report uh, shall be submitted at the latest three days after the, re the vessel arrives at the port, while the information of accident is to be submitted one day right after the person know, hear, or see the accident itself. And most importantly, um, the something that make very different between uh, the information of accident and also the information uh, and also the ship accident report itself is the ship accident report provides more details information on the um, ship accident as it will be used for the basis to conduct the preliminary examination itself. Okay, thank you Yoga for your explanation. So, aside from that, um, can you elaborate more what's the difference in this process? Uh, I think uh, Ms. Stephanie can answer that. Well, thank you Stephanie. So, other than that, other than the new IKK or we call it information of accident in English, we there is also a difference in this new regulation wherein the timeline previously uh, the ship accident report or LKK should be submitted within one day after the vessel arrived at the port but in its new regulation it provides more longer timeline for the parties or for the relevant parties yeah to submit the LKK which is should in three days after the vessel arrived at the port 
I think this is a new good news for the ship owners, of course, because previously we can see in practices uh, they are the the short time the one day one day uh, the one day timeline uh, deemed to be short and it makes uh, more more sure then as the consequences probably lots of information could not be obtained in that short period of time especially if the ship accident involves the more severe uh, casualty like the death of the passenger or the cruise or even if the vessel goes missing like in the sinking accident so i think it's a good news that uh, the new regulation provides a more longer timeline and after that um, another good news even after the three days, it could be yeah. extended into seven days to submit the Alcaca, but it's only in a, in a certain circumstances, which regulated also under the regulations. It says that under special circumstances, the Alcaca could be submitted even seven days after the vessel had arrived, has arrived at the port. Okay, so it provides more uh, linear um, time frames, yeah, in the um, new regulation. You also mentioned before that um, due to special circumstances, the submission of the report may be submitted after seven days. Could you elaborate more? What do you mean by special circumstances in this new regulation? Well, about the special circumstances, uh, actually before going to that, even after the seven days period, it can be further extended. Uh, so. In other words, the ship owners or the parties involved could submit the alcaca beyond the seven days limits, as mentioned before. So back to your question about the special circumstances, where by the vessel could obtain the more longer time to submit the alcaca, it's actually not being regulated under the regulation. But as we have been told to the relevant officials for the ship accident from the officials at the Ministry of Transportation. Uh, they inform us that the special circumstances could involve where there are a large amount of casualties or missing person, or where the environmental pollution occurred, or if the National Search and Rescue Agency involved. Further, if the seven days timeline is being passed, the master will be required to submit the LTACA along with the additional required documents, which include the statement later that divine the reason of the delay and then the second one they will also be required to submit the logbook and then after that they also will be required to submit the statement from the witness who uh, who, who experienced the delay and then after that and the verified evidence okay Ms. Stephanie thank you for your elaboration so uh, in this regulation, it's uh, there are additional time frames yeah, to submit this LKK. Yeah, correct. So, um, moving forwards, after submitting the LKK or the ship accident report um, to the harbor master, what are the next steps after this? Maybe uh, Yoga uh, may elaborate. Yes, thank you, Zevanya. So, after the ship accident report is received, the harbor master would then send it to the Ministry of Transportation and also appoint the examination team which comprise of three persons 
to conduct a preliminary examination. While previously in the previous regulations, the preliminary examination is conducted directly by the harbor master without any examination team. And therefore, the ship owner, um, ship operators, and other interested party should pay also attention to this part as the authorities of the examination team includes, among others, to summon the parties related to the case for testimony collection. These parties may include um, the master, the crews, and or uh, the designated person ashore, and so on. Further, when a party receives a summon letter or surat pemanggilan terperiksa in Indonesia, they are required to comply if a summon party does not comply within um, 14 days after receiving the summon letter, they must provide a written explanation. Okay, um, in regards to that, is there any consequence for not attending or complying with this examination or uh, in a case not providing any reason? Um, is there any consequence about it? Well, actually if the summon party does not provide an explanation for not appearing after receiving the first summon letter, the harbor master will send a second summon letter and if within seven days after receiving the second letter and the summon party still does not comply and does not provide a written explanation for their non-compliance or non-attendance then a sanction can be given for the refusing party also there will be a sanction imposed yeah, to the related party what kind of sanction is there for complying um with your summons, um, and who will be the one who receives the sanction? Well, the sanction may be imposed to the uh, to the shipping company and or uh, the crews or the master, and the sanctions um, are in the form of administrative sanction, such as reprimands, revocation of the certificates of uh, endorsement, delay of vessel departure and refusal to uh, provide operational services at the port. And however, the party, if the party comply and attend to provide uh, the testimony, they will need to sign the minutes of examination or a berita acara terperiksa in Indonesia. In some cases, the parties who, has, who have been examined by the um, examination team may choose not to sign the minutes of examination. Furthermore, um, the summon party or the persons that reject to sign the minutes of examination will be required to sign the minutes of refusal or berita acara penolakan terperiksa in Indonesia. Okay, guys. So in this case, the result from examination will be minutes of examination after being conducted by the examination team. However, from what I get from you, in the event that for some reason, the parties are reluctant to sign the minutes of examination, the examination team will also provide the minutes of refusal. So, I'm wondering, um, after this process, is this the end of preliminary examination process or will there be another process? Well, that's not the end of the process. Because after the examination team conduct the interview to the examined parties or the summoned parties, they will need to promulgate a 
preliminary examination in the form of minutes of preliminary examination or we call it in Indonesian language berita acara pemeriksaan pendahuluan the berita acara or the minutes will be comprised of the minutes of examination minutes of data collection supporting evidence as well as the minutes of opinion or berita acara pendapat so in short the examination team needs to issue the BAPP or minutes of preliminary examination I see so the output from the preliminary examination will be berita acara pemeriksaan pendahuluan or minutes of preliminary action in this yeah. case how long usually in practice um, the, the minutes of preliminary examination is concluded well legally speaking the regulation provides the preliminary examination shall be done within 21 days after the LKK is received by the harbor master or in other words after the report of accident have been submitted by the master or the crew who experienced the accident in addition the timeline could also be extended by the harbor master if it if they deem it required to be extended so the 21 days is not the final timeline or the exact timeline that the examination should be completed so it could be longer than that and then after that the harbor master will have the authority and obligation of course to verify the preliminary the minutes of preliminary examination at the latest seven days after the very after the minutes have been received by the harbor master and after that the harbor master will determine on whether this case will go to the further institution as i mentioned earlier whether it could go to the maritime court or to the servant investigator or even to the police as necessary okay Ms. stephanie so to conclude the harbor master will send the minutes of preliminary examination to the relevant institution either it will be to the maritime court office of civil service investigator or the police correct uh, based on your experience which one is the most often referred to well where our firm handled various of cases which also goes to the maritime court or civil servant investigator or even to the police but mostly the case that we've been handled uh, goes to the maritime court because most of the accident that happened involves the the misconduct of the master or the crew in in the vessel okay so in this case maritime court is another process after the preliminary examination wow this is very interesting i mean um there are so many addition and amendment in the new regulation compared to the previous one but i mean uh, due to the very limited time uh, sadly we should conclude our session of podcast today and um Thank you for Stephanie and Yoga for sharing your experience and insight on this subject. It has been very informative discussion and I must say quite an interesting topic for those that is involved in this field. We will continue further discussion regarding ship accident examination, particularly after the minute is submitted to the maritime court. But for now, I feel that our discussion has been covered and thank you so much for our listener for tuning in. And should you have any further question in relation to this subject or any subject, you may reach us at email cr at budijaya.law. That's all for now. And we'll see you in the next episode of Budijaya on Air.
this has been Budijaya on Air. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss an episode by clicking the follow button and make sure you subscribe to our website www.budijaya.law for more content like this.